Well, I bless God. Let's take a moment tonight. I've been um, working through and we've been thinking through the fact that we've requested of God the I need more. And uh, one of the things that I want to finish up on, I've, I lifted up uh, three points uh, a week or so ago, what God wanted to change for us. And I said that God wanted to change your character and then he wanted to change your concerns and then he wants to change your countenance. And I want to talk about this countenance piece a little more. God wants to change your countenance. When I get finished tonight, I want you to check yourself and ask how is my countenance? That's the question you ought to ask yourself when this is over. How is my countenance? Matter of fact, I can begin by asking you that question now and by asking you, what have others been saying about your countenance? Are people constantly saying you look mad? Are people constantly saying you have an attitude? Are people saying to you that you look arrogant or mean-spirited? Are people saying to you that you look like you might be loose? People saying to you that you look like you're available when I think your ring says you're tied up. Are people saying to you, you look mean and I don't want to be around you? The experience of Moses up on Sinai comes to mind in Exodus 34, verse 29 through 35. Let's read it. Let's discuss it for the few moments we have. Moses, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, I'm reading from the Amplified Version, with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, he did not know that the skin of his face was shining with a unique radiance because he had been speaking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they were afraid to approach him. But Moses called to them and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites approached him and he commanded them to do everything that the Lord had said to him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take off the veil until he came out. When he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded by God, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, how his skin shone with a unique radiance. So Moses put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with God. What does your countenance say about you? What does it say? The, the, the wonderfulness of this story is the fact that Moses has such an experience with God. After requesting of God, show me your glory. God shows it to him and the glory of God that is revealed to him speaks such volumes to his life that he is irrevocably changed. Something happens. 
Something takes place in him and it shows up upon him so that everyone can see that he is changed from having had this experience. Something is different about him. He's been in the presence of God and now God's presence rests upon him. He's been in the presence of God and now God's presence rests upon him. He looks new. He looks different. He does not know that he looks new. He doesn't know that he looks different. He feels like he feels. He's been in the mountainside with God. He's not had a mirror in front of him. He's had nothing there to reflect on but the reflection of God. The only thing he's seen is the reflection of God. The only thing he's been in the presence of is the reflection of God. And because of that, he has no idea that something in him has been transformed. Something has taken place. There's a new Moses coming down than the Moses that went up. Now, this is important to get. Mind you, the Moses that went up was a bad brother. The Moses that goes up to the side of the mountain has been a participant in bringing the plagues down upon Egypt. The Moses that goes up the side of the mountain has been a participant in releasing hundreds of thousands of people from captivity in Egypt. The Moses that went up the mountain has been participant in watching the Red Sea part and he walked across with God's people on dry land. The Moses that went up the mountain has seen God perform miracle after miracle, signs and wonders. The Moses that went up to the mountainside had been in the presence of God and God had done great things. Don't tell me that it, just because God's using you, you can't get better. Don't tell me that just because God's using you, you've already arrived or you're at your maximum. You don't know what your maximum is. You don't know how great you could actually be. Just because you've seen greatness doesn't mean a thing. Just because you've seen God do the miraculous doesn't mean a thing. Just because God has used you to prophesy once or twice doesn't mean that that's all the prophecy he's got in you. Just because God's used you to pray for the sick once or twice doesn't mean that's the last healing that God wanted to do. Just because God has used you and exposed you to deliverance doesn't mean he's finished delivering through you. You don't know what God has for you. You don't know what God wants to do. If you'll spend enough time with him, if you'll get in his presence long enough, you don't know what your next level will be. If you had, if you had stopped his record right there, he had done enough to be put in the hall of fame of prophets on the earth realm. If he had died right then, he had already done enough that God had blessed him enough, used him enough, anointed him enough, taking him over hill and dale through the valley of the shadow of death and back out on the other side, that if God didn't do anything, anything else God had already done enough but Moses said that ain't good enough if there's something else for me one of the problems with folk right now is we're too easily satisfied we're too easily satisfied we get a little bit and we think we got something we get a little something, something, we think we got it all we we ready to go on and act like we don't conquer the world we don't have nothing we're trying to count millions and other folk trying to become billionaires. 
We think it's something because we got one or two cars and other folk got 16 in their driveway. We think it's something because we bought one house and folk that don't even love Jesus got three and four houses and they're paid for. We're too easily satisfied when God can do more. And it is that hunger, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be what? Filled. And so the first thing I want to just drop a dime on you while I'm talking, I'm just talking, I'm just talking. I want to drop a dime on you and I want to tell you that the reason God, when God changes your countenance, it is because you have walked in righteousness. 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 You see, the countenance change on Moses meant that he had stayed long enough in the presence of God to be counted righteous. He had been long enough in the presence of God to be counted holy. He had been long enough in the presence of God that his position in God was now affirmed by what was on his face. Now, lest I press this claim too hard and upset too many, I'm going to go one more step further. Your countenance, your outward expression is a sign of what's in your heart. When your heart has been changed by the presence of God, it ought to show up on your face. I know I'm just, y'all, somebody's going to hear this later on on the podcast, and they're going to be upset with me. So I'm turning this way, Doc, because I don't want anybody in the audience to I'm talking to. I'm talking to folk on the podcast. Listen, when your heart has been in the presence of God, it will change your countenance. Hold on, Reverend, what do you mean? Look at here. Here's a man who is now allowed to be in the presence of God and have his countenance changed who once was a murderer. Here's an escaped convict, if you will. Here's a man that was a fleeing from justice. Here's a man that was a criminal on the run. Here's a man that lived in exile. Here's a man that married a woman that was not a part of the tribe that he belonged to. Here's a man that took a wife on and then had children with her and did not have those children consecrated the way God wanted to by removing the foreskin of their flesh. Here's a man that had made great mistakes. Here's a man that beat on rocks instead of speaking to rocks. Here's a man that got angry with God's people so much that he dropped Drop the tablets on the, of God that God has spoken on. Now listen, come back here for a minute. What that says to me is this, and I love God, that it doesn't matter how much I mess up, if I know where to go to clean up, he'll fix me up. <laughs> Woo! My righteousness is not an account that I've lived mistake-free. Preach, was. When I say righteousness, I'm not saying I ain't never done nothing wrong. I'm not saying they ain't never made a mistake. I'm not saying they ain't never done anything outside of the will of God. But what I am saying is, I knew enough to go back to God and say, Lord, have mercy on me. 
He couldn't have been in God's presence with all that baggage he had unless he had made it right with God ahead of time. Ah, this is for those baggage carriers in the house. This ought to be good news for you. I know you thought your baggage precluded you from doing anything great. I know you thought your baggage precluded you from excelling in God or for going for higher heights or deeper depths. But I want to tell you that God will accept you and your baggage. God will take you and the stuff you've been through and he'll take all of that and make you somebody. God will take a nobody and tell him to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. God will take you and your mess and clean you and your mess up again. His countenance was a sign of his righteousness. It simply, watch this, watch this, watch this. It simply just reflected the glory of God that was on the inside. Y'all didn't get that. Let me tell you something. Some of you have been so busy hiding God's glory that it can't be reflected on your face. You've been so busy diminishing God's glory that it doesn't show up anymore. But God's glory ought to shine through you. And whenever you realize that God's glory is not shining through you, you ought to check yourself. You shouldn't need anybody else to tell you you're looking like you're sour. You're looking like you've been baptized in lemon juice. You're looking like you've been dead all the way in the middle of the ground. You look like you tore up from the flow up. Nobody shouldn't have to tell you you look mean, you look evil. You look like you ought to go somewhere and sit down by yourself because everybody in your presence is sick of you right now. You ought to, no one ought to have to tell you. You ought to be able to look in your mirror and say, I'm not going out until my glory comes out. I need my glory to show today. I got some burdens I'm carrying, but if my glory shows, you won't know how much I'm going through. I got some stuff I'm going through, but if my glory shows, you won't know what I'm going through. I'm carrying a whole group of people who have sinned against my God, but if the glory shows through, you won't know the burden I bear. If the glory shows through, you don't won't even realize I got ready to throw in the towel. If the glory goes through, you won't even realize I had a fit of anger. If the glory shows through, you won't even realize how low I really got. If the glory shows through, I want the glory to show through that I've got some righteousness in me. Hey, glory, hey, glory, hey, glory. Hey, glory. Ah, ah. I, I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. Let me, let me press my claim just a little more. I'm, I'm walking on something. But not only was it a sign of the righteousness, but it was a reminder of God's presence. It was a reminder. It was a reminder. What do you mean a reminder? Because, see, the very countenance of Moses reminded the people of where Moses had been. So that when he came down and they looked at him, they know this wasn't no regular fasting time. They knew something had happened in him. Ooh, 
good golly, Miss Molly. Let me see if I can work with that. Listen, listen. Sometimes people need a reminder of who God is in the earth realm. And sometimes God wants to use physical representations of his reminding in the, y'all, y'all see, okay, wait a minute. Folk, I need you to take a look at him because I need you to know that this is my servant. And my servant has been exposed to the radiating power of my glory. And what's glowing on him is not going to get you sick. What's growing on him is going to make you better. Something on him is going to remind you that there is a God in your midst. That God is able and available. Wait a minute. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me, let me check, work with this here. Um, somebody in here has to be willing to say, God, if you're looking for an exhibit, you can put me on display. I wish I had two or three witnesses up in the house. Lord, if you want somebody to be an exhibit, one of your glory, you can use my testimony. Lord, I, I'm exhibit one. I, you, you saved me. Uh, when folk didn't think I'd be saved right now. If folk knew me back in the day, they would swear I wouldn't be in the church. But God, you saved me anyhow. I'm exhibit number one of your glory. God, you can use me for your glory. If folk knew the kind of stuff I used to get into and where I used to be on Friday and Saturday night and early in the morning, folk only knew how tricky I used to be and how tragic my life was. They would not want to be near me, but God, here's exhibit A of your glory. When they look at me, they ought to see you and they ought to be able to recognize just how good See, I, I, um, I got some folk in here that, that know for certain that their testimony, if they were to ever give it, would really blow folk mind. And the reason they don't ever really tell nobody about their testimony, because folk don't really believe that God will do what God has already done. See, folk don't really believe that, that God makes murderers into ministers or that God, God makes tricksters into trustees. Folk don't really believe that God can make a devil into a deacon. Folk don't really believe that God can make the messy into missionaries. Folk don't really believe that God can take somebody needy and turn them into a nurse. Folk don't really believe that God has the power to change lives around. When, when Moses came down with the glory of God on him, Shiloh, when he came down with the glory of God on him, he became a reminder. And, and, and I just, you know, I, I don't know. Can I, can I tell y'all a secret? Can I tell y'all a secret? Um, it ain't always easy being a reminder. No, it ain't always easy being a reminder because, see, once folk know who you are, reminders make people uncomfortable. Um, 
let me, let me, let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Some of y'all probably know the name Tom Selleck. I've been a Tom Selleck fan way back in the day, in his early days of, of making movies and pictures. Uh, back in the Magnum P.I. days, uh, I mean, I, I, I like Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck's my man. I, I got old westerns. He did a series of westerns that just out this world, and even one in Australia. I'm just a Tom Selleck man, and now he is, he is the commissioner on Blue, Blue Bloods, and I'm, I'm a Tom Selleck fan. I like Tom. I was watching one day, and they were going to have a party. And this party going to go on, and there was all the police officers going to come together. And so Tom Selleck is there. He, they're going to have this party. And so uh, he says, I'm not going. He said, well, you, you, don't you like parties? Said, yeah, I do. He says, but I'm not going. He said, what, why not? He says, I'm not going. And he walked away. So his father came to him, who was a former commissioner. His father says to him, said, says uh, son, uh, why aren't you going to the party? He said, Pop, you know why I'm not going, but I want you to go for me. He said, well, what's the difference? You're not the commissioner now. When you go, you're just a retired cop going to have fun. Nobody will do anything but have a good time. But when I go, I go in as the commissioner, and since I'm the commissioner, I put a damper on the party, and everything stops until I leave. Because I'm a reminder of what they're supposed to do versus what they want to do. My secular example, come on back here. Sometimes you have to realize when you're a reminder, you mess up other people. You take away their good time because they can't just sin with impunity in front of you. They got to do something different. They can't beat themselves. You got to be careful because don't get upset when folk look at you and say, well, you know, we really can't have a good time around you. Don't get mad about that. You ought to start smiling from ear to ear because something in you has reminded them of the whole of God and the goodness of God and the grace of God something in you is pricking their conscience I was at a was at a clergy meeting one time and uh, I, wasn't, I was just laughing chewing the bull laughing carrying on uh, preachers can be really hilarious you know they they tell the jokes they would tell in church, but they can't quite figure out how to straighten it out enough. So they, but they tell them when they get together. Uh, we're cutting up, having a good time. So one of my classmates I went to Yale with put me over to the side. He said, man, what's up, man? Oh, man, fun time. He said, yeah, man, it's a great time, great time. He said, uh, can I buy you something? No, man, I'm good, man, I'm good. He said, can I buy you something? I'm good, man, I'm good. Can I buy? I'm saying I don't know what he's talking about. Because I didn't have a drink. Everybody else was waiting to see if it was okay to have communion.
true story. Let me tell you something. You become a reminder. And that's what Moses was, that God's presence is active and available. Last point, and I'm all done. I'm all done. I'm all done. I, ooh, I feel this thing tonight. Ooh, I'm in the pocket tonight. Good God am I. But now you remind her, and I know this is going to sound like a distinction without a difference, but there is a difference in what I want to say. But you're also a representative. See, a reminder can be done without being a representative, but a representative can be done without being a reminder. Let me see what I mean. Okay. You can go out now as a deacon of Shiloh, and you can go out there and you can be a reminder in the, in the earth realm. And you can tell folk what about the love of God and all that. But if I send you to do something for me, you're not only a reminder, you are what now? My representative. We use the word ambassador. You become my representative. And what Moses recognized was that he was not only a reminder to them, but he was a representative of God. Come here, I'm about to teach you something up here. You're going to get this in here. Listen, so the Bible says that Moses, when he came down, his face was unveiled. When the people saw him, they were shocked and awed, pushed away. Moses realizes, and he calls the people back to him, and they come to him. Then comes the time, the time starts passing, and Moses starts wearing a veil across his face. Now that's interesting right there. And uh, Deaconess Latisse, it's her birthday, I wish she was here right now. My bestest Deaconess is, is <laughs> she, listen, listen, cause this is one she'd love right here. It's interesting that uh, he would veil his face in between time. Don't y'all find that interesting? Okay. He go up in the mountain. The scripture we just read said when he went up, he'd take the veil off. He'd come back down. He would speak to the people, then put the veil back on. And that, that, that kind of caught my attention. And, and, and I see a few of you nodding your head. Yeah, that's kind of weird, ain't it? Kind of thing. Watch, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. What Moses wanted to do was to separate the prophet from the person. So that when he stood in his prophetic role, his face was unveiled and the glory of God could be completely appreciated and seen by everyone. But when he was no longer speaking as an oracle or a mouthpiece for God, he covered up his face because he didn't want anybody to think that his thoughts were always God's thoughts. He recognized that he was a representative but while he was holy, he was still human. Preach was. While he was prophet, he was still a person. And the people needed to understand 
that there's a difference between the secular and the sacred. And just because God uses you, and just because God has anointed you, does not give you license to poke your nose into every area of everybody's life. Because sometimes it's not the Father speaking, it's your flesh speaking. Sometimes you in self and not in the service of the king. You got to watch out now because when God is using you, all of your glory should be seen. But when God gets through using you, you ought to recognize your flesh. Okay, I'm, I'm working on this. I'm, I'm working on something. I see some of y'all are getting ready to get excited with me. I, I, could, I could go home right there. I could preach my way out the door. I'm trying to hold my mule. I'm trying to stay, I'm trying to stay calm. But I've recognized that there are times when I've stood in this pulpit and I've had the greatness of the glory of God upon me and God's used me. I've spoken prophetic word. I've laid hands on the sick and seen them recover. I've seen God bring death and turn it into life. But then there have been times in my life that I've left the pulpit and said the dumbest things in the world. Same vessel. Same, y'all ain't, ain't trying to be right. Be honest with yourself. There have been times in your life when you said stuff, you said, man, that was brilliant. I don't even know where I got that from. And then there have been other times in your life you said to yourself, I can't believe I was that stupid. Some of y'all saying that now about folks you marry. Listen, there have been times in your life. I'm almost done. I'm going to my seat. I'm done. I really am. There's a difference. And Moses, I'll pick it up again. I promise I will. Moses recognized that he needed the people to know when he was speaking on behalf of Moses and when he was speaking on behalf of God. Because I am a representative, but I don't want anybody to ever think that I think that I'm God. And if you keep the light shining and every time folks see you, they're genuflexing and bowing, then at some point, they forget that you're just a human being, just a man, just a woman. And they start worshiping the creature rather than the creator who ought to be praised forever. And anytime you get into creature worship, you've already made a big mistake. That's why what's wrong with the church world now, we have a cult of personality where creatures are being worshiped over the creator and people only get excited if a certain preacher is standing. But I've decided that I'm not worshiping man, I'm worshiping God and the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Ain't no man gonna put you in heaven or hell, but there is a God who sits high and looks low, who will save, heal, and deliver. Somebody give him a praise. Somebody give him a praise. 